Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will be teaching from Proverbs 8 and 9 on wisdom. This message and previous messages are available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Now here's some highlights from yesterday's message. There's no darkness where God lives. There's no light where the devil lives. So if the devil lives in a place of utter darkness with no light there at all, and God lives in a place of light with no darkness there at all, why did God make the place we live in to be a place of both light and darkness? Is that a good question? Am I the only one who asked that question? Miss Wisdom can be found on top of the high hill or high places. Where else? Miss Wisdom, she's everywhere. You'll see her everywhere. Miss Foolish Woman, you don't see her so well. Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday study from Genesis. Miss Wisdom, she's standing. That doesn't surprise us. She's all over the place. She has to be standing. So she's standing, and she's really got an urgent message. I have a message from the Lord. Hallelujah. A message unto you I bring. See, this is Mrs. Wis- Miss Wisdom. She's standing. On the other hand, Miss Foolish is like, she's sitting, you know. She's like the trapdoor spider. She's sitting, and she's like, you know, that's not, why sweat it, you know. Anyway, so therefore, we don't sit as believers and as, as, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't sit. We don't just wait for someone to come and ask us why we seem different. Some of us can seem more different than others, so there'd be a lot of questions like that. <laughs> but we, we don't do that. We don't wait for someone just to, a lost person just to walk into church, you know, like the fishermen. We don't walk, wait for the fish to jump in the boat. You know, we, we go after them. We are standing. We are actively seeking. All right? Now, Proverbs 9, verse 9, again, uh, sorry, verse 3. Proverbs 9, 3, what activity is Miss Wisdom doing that, uh, there isn't another verse for this because Miss Foolish Woman is not doing this. She's sending out maidens. She's really something. She's encouraging others. Go reach these people. She's training others. She's encouraging others. She's trying to get. And so what do we do? We encourage others. Go reach the lost. We train others. Go reach the lost. We send out others just like Miss Wisdom does. All right, now, again, chapter 9. Look at verse 4. Look at verse 16. Who have Miss Wisdom and Miss Foolish Woman both targeted? The naive. This, what's the description of them? The simple. Okay, the wanting understanding, the naive, the person who says, I don't know, that's, they both have targeted that person. Okay, that's what we do. Therefore, we seek out those who haven't made their mind up yet. We seek out those who are open to God and what he has to say. Now look at, again, chapter 9, verse 4 and 16. What one word shows you? that both Miss Wisdom and Miss Foolish Woman are targeting the individual and not a group. Him. That's it. That's it. Let him. You see that? That's very important. He said their address is not to a mass of people. It's him. It's him. It's her. It's him. This one. That one. Individuals. See, they're targeting. Targeting. What does God say that he does with Israel? I will gather you one by one. One by one. See, they understand, both of them understand, this is about the individual. 
This is about the individual. All right? Now, look at verse 4 and verse 16. What is the same invitation that both Miss Wisdom and Miss Foolish Woman are making? Come over here. Focus here. Turn in here. Park yourself here. Learn from me. I will teach you. So what do we try to do when we go out to the lost people? We seek to engage them to listen to our Bible message. Same way. All right, now you look at verses 1 and 2 and 5, verses 1 and 2 and 5, Proverbs 9, 1 and 2 and 5, and you contrast that with verse 17, and now we ask the question, what is the difference between what Mrs. Wisdom is offering and Miss Foolish Woman is offering? See, the word she used was the word her for Miss Wisdom, Miss Wisdom's over here, and Miss Foolish Woman, she used the word stolen. All right. So in other words, Miss Wisdom, what is she doing here is that she's saying she's offering what she owns. This is her house. These are her seven pillars. These are her beasts. This is her wine. This is her table. This is her bread. This is the wine which she has mingled. This is coming from her. Whereas Miss Foolish Woman is not offering what she has. She's offering something stolen, stolen waters. You know, the Bible truths that we bring to the lost come right from the source, from the Lord Jesus Christ, because he said he is the truth. He is the truth. I had a person the other, just the, the other day really scrambled up my mind. It was a Jewish man who was converting to Islam, and I still can't get my mind unscrambled by that. But part of the reasons he was giving about it was he's saying that, well, you know, the Quran and the Bible, they're 90% the same thing. They say 90%, you ever heard somebody say that to you? 90% the same thing. I said, well, yeah, one, one, one owns it and the other steals it. And so, <laughs> Miss Foolish Woman, no, Foolish Woman, Miss Foolish Woman, Miss Wisdom, all right? Now, Proverbs 9, 10, verse 10, Proverbs 9, 13, verse 13. Who does Miss Wisdom draw attention to and who does Miss Foolish Woman draw attention to? To God, the fear of the Lord, the knowledge of the holy. That's God, right? Who does Miss Foolish Woman draw attention to? Herself. You know what Mrs. Wisdom's saying? She's saying, I draw atten- I, may I draw your attention to God? Don't make him mad. May I draw your attention to God? Make him happy. May I draw your attention to God? Take him seriously. That's Miss, Miss Wisdom, right? But uh, the knowledge of the holy is taking God seriously. Okay, but Miss Foolish Woman, she's clamorous. That means she's making a loud sound, a big commotion about her. She's a flash in the pan, all right. That's Miss Foolish Woman, see? Drawing attention to herself. What do we do? We draw attention, like Miss Wisdom, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Always to him. He's our great Savior. Look what he did for us. What did he say about himself in John 12, 49? He said, for I have not spoken of myself. Doesn't that surprise you when the Lord Jesus Christ said that? But he did. In John 12, 49, he said, I have not spoken of myself, just like Miss Wisdom. But the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. See, that's our pattern. 
as well. That we don't, we, it's, it's when this is, this is for us the commandment. This is for us what we should speak. Like the Lord Jesus Christ was our pattern in teaching us that way, just like Miss Wisdom. All right, verse 6, verse 11, verse 6 and 11, those go together, contrasted with verse 18. Proverbs 9, 6 and 9, 11, contrasted with 9, 18. You got it? What does the person receive who comes to Miss Wisdom, and what does the person receive who comes to Miss Foolish Woman? Life. Life, right? Live. See the word live. Life. Is Mrs. Wisdom saying, I offer you life. But Miss Foolish Woman, though she doesn't really talk about it much, but she's offering death. Life and death. Therefore, when we go to the lost, you know we talk about life. Life. New life, new understanding, receiving a second life, a new life from the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we talk about heaven. We talk about eternal life. Because over here is hell and the second death. By contrast, Miss Foolish Woman, Miss, Miss um, Wisdom. All right, now, now look at, at Proverbs 8, 9. And 8.17, so that's that chapter before, 8.9 and 8.17. And contrast that, Proverbs 9, the next chapter, 18. And here's the question. What does the person find who comes to Miss Wisdom, and what does the person find who comes to Miss Foolish Woman? The person who comes to Miss Wisdom finds what? Knowledge. And they also find out who is, they find out who is Miss Wisdom. Right? Verse 17, that I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. They discover her. They discover Miss Wisdom. Miss Wisdom is the Lord Jesus Christ. They find that out. That's nice. Okay? Now, by contrast, that's 1 Corinthians 1.30, Christ Jesus has made unto us wisdom. That's the big treasure here, that this is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the big discovery. But the person who comes to Miss Foolish Woman finds that he has joined all her guests Where? In the depths of hell. He, to his sadness, discovers that he has just joined a group who are in the depths of hell. And he didn't know it. Therefore, we bring this lost person to the Lord, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want them to come to him, come to him, come to him. We're not promoting church and churchianity and church and church. We're promoting the person, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see? The point behind all of this is that here on earth, God wants there to be a miswisdom and a misfoolish woman. Why? Why does he want there to be the foolish woman? Because he wants to set up a situation so that every person, him, as we just saw, has to make their own individual choice. In Genesis 1, 4, and 5, when God separated the light from the darkness, what he did is he emphasized the separation because then he gave names to the period of time called light, called day, and the period of time of night, called light, uh, darkness, called night, and so why did he do this, these names and this separation? For super emphasis, super emphasis, okay, especially emphasized, between light and darkness. Why did God separate it, the light and the darkness from Genesis, in Genesis? To create a situation where each person has to choose either light or darkness. There's no darkness where God lives. There's no light where the devil lives. But on earth, 
There is, and it's separated so you can see clearly the difference. So that God can see which individuals are going to choose Miss Wisdom and which individuals are going to choose Miss Foolish Woman. And with that separation, as he created it, God can see who's going, who is choosing to not make God mad, to make God happy, to take God seriously, and who's choosing to, eh, God, who cares? Miss Foolish Woman. All right? Now, turn to Deuteronomy 27, verse 11. Now, this is a very interesting uh, passage here that God had Moses do. And it says here in Deuteronomy 27, 11, And Moses charged the people the same day, saying, Now, these shall stand upon Mount Gerizim. All right? So all y'all, all y'all over here are standing on Mount Gerizim. Okay, you feel that? You're on Mount Gerizim. This is Mount Gerizim. Okay. And to bless the people when you come over Jordan. So you all here are from descendants of Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. That's you people over here. Okay. And these shall stand upon Mount Ebal. That's all you all over here. You're Mount Ebal. Mount Ebal. And you're there to curse. And you are Reuben, Gad. You are the descendants of Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. That's you over here. Okay? And the Levites, where are the Levites? They're over on Mount Gerizim. The Levites shall speak. So nobody speaks, just the Levites over here speak. And say unto all the men of Israel with a loud voice, Cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molten image, an abomination unto the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and puts it in a secret place. And all the people, then you speak, all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that maketh the blind to wander out of the way, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that preferred the judgment of the stranger, the fatherless, and widow, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that lieth with his father's wife, because he uncovereth his father's skirt, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that lieth with any manner of beast, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that lieth with his sister, the daughter of his father, or the daughter of his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that lieth with his mother-in-law, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that smiteth his neighbor secretly, all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that taketh reward to slay an innocent person, all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of the law to do them, and all the people shall say, Amen. Now, this is quite a scene. So as we mentioned, on this side, we've got a Mount Gerizim. We've got all the descendants of these six tribes we mentioned. And you all represent blessing and obedience to God. And a few of you that are Levites, you cry out these things that are just read here. And on the other side over here, standing on Mount Ebal, you all represent, you are from these descendants of these six tribes of Reuben, Gad, Asher, and Zebulun. And, and you represent sin, now, what have we just created? What has God just created here? He's created a contrast. He's created a separation. And, and that this valley down the middle. And so all the Israelites, they're kind of looking down there, they're like getting it. Oh, I got it. So if I walk down that valley, I got to decide I'm going this side or that side. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow God. I'm not going to follow God. Tom, that was an interesting parallel that you brought out in today's message about Miss Wisdom and Miss Foolish Woman. I've never heard that before. And I remember you pointed out that everything that Miss Wisdom offered was her own. But in contrast, Miss Foolish Woman offered what she had stolen. What is the application of that for us? 
Yeah, that's that's was a, a very evident from the actual text itself in Proverbs nine one through two, where it's talking about Ms. Wisdom offering her house, her seven pillars, her beasts, her wine, her table, my bread, she said, the wine which I have mingled. And by contrast, when Miss Foolish Woman comes along, all she says to offer is that I have stolen waters. What it shows us is that real good, the real good or the blessing, this is what Proverbs 10, 22 says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. In other words, when you look at blessing, what kind of blessing? The blessing of true happiness, the blessing of feeling fulfilled, the blessing of feeling wanted and loved, the blessing of having an assurance, the blessing of having peace. All of these things that we've just talked about, they come from God. There is no greater peace, for example, than the peace that a person experiences when they have peace with God. Peace through the blood of his cross, as the Bible puts it. And this peace brings such a wonderful contentment, such a wonderful assurance, something that a hymn calls blessed assurance, a wonderful assurance that brings a happiness. Those come from God. Peace does not come from inside a whiskey bottle. Happiness does not come from another cruise. Uh, Joy does not come from another resort. Joy comes from what's called the joy of the Lord, the joy from knowing God loves me. I am a friend with God. There's a joy. There's an assurance. There's a peace that comes from friendship with God that you can't find in other places other than in God. Those are all coming from God. God is the author of joy and of happiness and of peace and of assurance. And so he alone is the one where we find the true happiness, the true joy, the true peace. That's why in Mrs. Wisdom, they're all called her house, her beast, her table, whereas the foolish woman, it's stolen. And that's why the Lord Jesus Christ said in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But by contrast to all of that, he said, I am come that they might have life. See, there is a, there is a peace that comes from the life of God. There is a joy and a happiness that comes from the life of God. There is an assurance and a, and a contentment that comes from the life of God. He is the life. That's his name. So when he came, he brings all these. But in contrast to that, there is the thief that brings the counterfeit. The counterfeit. How do you know it's counterfeit? It won't last. It may be happy and joyful for a moment, but it won't last. And especially as a person comes to the end of their life, they know in their hearts, those things that I bought were counterfeit. They're not real, and they're not holding up right now in the time when I need so much the real peace, the real happiness, the real joy, the real assurance that I'm going to heaven. 
Those things can only come from God. That's the application to us, to recognize that in the Lord Jesus Christ and in him alone, we have the true blessings. And true blessing is wisdom that comes from God. And Tom, I also hear people make negative statements, really fatalistic type statements about God, and that God is predetermined who will be in heaven and who will not, and that your horoscope or fortune cookies, what it's telling you has kind of already been decided, so it's going to come to fruition. And all of that just sounds like a person really doesn't have the power to choose in their life, yet that we all make choices every day on what we're going to do. What does the Bible say about who makes the choices for man and our free will? You know, uh, oftentimes when when uh, this matter is brought up, that man really doesn't have the choice between heaven and hell and that it's all been predetermined before, which is not true and it's not in the Bible. But they use this term, the sovereignty of God. It's the sovereignty of God. Well, the sovereignty of God works like this. God has crowned man with the sovereignty of choice. That's the dignity that God has placed on man. Otherwise, what kind of a God would it be? What kind of God is he who would say to a paraplegic man, if you can just climb up these stairs and reach the top, you'll go to heaven, knowing full well that the man, the paraplegic, has no power And then what would he do? Laugh. (laughs) Look at him. He can't climb up the steps. He can't go to heaven. What kind of God would that be? That's not the God of the Bible. God has given to man the power to choose. God has crowned man with the power of of uh, with the power to to make his own choices. God has, if you will, taken away the paraplegic part, so that man does have the power to choose between life and death, between heaven and hell. That's God who has done that for him, and that's why. It was so important what Joshua said. He would he said to the the children of Israel, to the Jewish people in Joshua twenty four fifteen. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When Joshua said, on the behalf of God, choose you this day whom you will serve. If those Jewish people didn't individually have the power to choose, then it would be a farce for Joshua to have laid the challenge out before them, choose you this day whom you will serve. What God did there on those two mountains that were spoken about today is he created for them a graphic illustration that there is a choice to be made between good and evil. And God has given to every man, to every creature, the choice to choose the light and turn to him, turn to the Lord Jesus Christ as the source of light, or choose to turn away. That is totally man's choice. That's why God is just when he judges, as we said before. This is the condemnation that light has come into the world and man chose darkness rather than light. 
And the evidence of his choice was that his deeds were evil, and he loved darkness. Love is a choice. That's why God says, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, because he knows it's a choice. You can choose to love God or not love God. That's totally 100% up to man's choice. And that's why God turned in Joshua and said, choose you this day whom you will serve. And we cross, we come across crossroads all throughout our lives. And we have to choose right hand or left hand. And God is waiting and God is watching. Angels are waiting. Angels are watching to see what each person will choose. Whenever the good news of the gospel is presented to an individual, God waits, angels wait to record, to see the choice that that person will make. What will you do with Jesus? What will your answer be? Someday you'll be asking, what will he do with me? Thank you for joining us today. We hope you continue to join us every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday as we study the book of Genesis with Tom Cantor. Would you like to email and contact Tom Cantor? You can by sending an email to tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor and Israel Restoration Ministries on Facebook and receive a daily devotional verse from Tom Cantor. Now, do you have a Jewish friend or know of someone that you would like to reach with the gospel? Would you like to have a gospel gift sent directly to them or even anonymously? You can contact us directly by phone at Friendship with God, and we can help you to do that. Call us today at 1-800-247-3051. Once again, that's 1-800-247-3051. We can send a DVD or booklet form of Tom Cantor's personal life testimony or other Jewish resources to that person for you. So call us at 1-800-247-3051. Join us again tomorrow as we continue our Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday series from Genesis.